3: Check, check, one, two, mic check,
4: one, two, one, two, All check, right, check, good. have the levels coming through. Good, good, good. The things sounding good. Okay. Yeah. You ready? Yeah, whenever you are, man. What
5: right does a man have to rule another? is so bad, ladies and gentlemen, that if I invented a particular device, pretty soon I'd have to get a permit from the state to use my own product. You cannot get rid of tyranny by fighting tyrants. For a very good reason. Tyranny doesn't exist independently of something else which is more important there is a something else which has to be defined before you know what tyranny is what's that it's opposite they are not independent of each other these are not two different things which are opposite ends of the pole they are one thing of which the one is a negation of the other
6: they say why don't you get into politics
5: why don't you try to run for office then you can create change
6: you don't create change when you're in office. They tell you what Would to you do. This is how we create change, by getting this information Would out to the masses. We can do more in one year than someone can know. sitting in office for eight years. Together they can break us. We are strong. Divide us and the road leads to destruction.
0: Don't you fall afraid to Babylon. No, they want to pull us all in different directions. So they take you from the root and teach you their own truth. Open up your mind, please don't you be so blind. I'm not in it for the fame, I'm in it for the love. When it's all said and done, we're more than blood.
3: That's right, everybody. Welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. It has been quite a while, and yes, we are in it for the love because we understand that you cannot fight hate. And uh, joined by Josh Wiley of statelesshomesteading.com and partner at CryptoHero.info. What's going on, man? Oh, nice. Nice. We can say that now. Yes. Uh, it's, uh,
4: it, it's going, man. It's so funny that you open this uh, show with a message of love. Although I guess you always do, technically, with the intro song. But mm-hmm. I was just talking with a fellow on Steemit today about uh, the Greek notion of love and how there were two words designating mm-hmm. romantic love and yep. agape yep. The, of universal love which yep. we've talked about before mm-hmm. but it's the agape we're trying to cultivate on this show Jake absolutely absolutely
3: it's um agape <laughs> Well, Josh, um, it's been quite a while. Let's um, let's tell people what we've been up to on the side because um, we have been gone for quite a bit, and we're going to start getting more steady with the podcast here because we've been working on, and Josh has been pulling the load mostly on the on the back end. Um, we've been working on a new business venture, and uh, we are crypto. Uh, I guess you would call us uh obviously you 've heard us on here we we like cryptocurrencies, but uh we've since taken it to another level. Josh has become uh bitcoin certified
7: pay attention <laughs>
3: bitcoin certified professional so um we're taking it to a different level, trying to get a new segment of the population involved in uh understandings of freedom, whether it 's uh through uh digital tokens or through uh, activism and things where you can go out and try to spread the word to other people about what's really going on and, and have meaningful conversations. But uh, anyway, it's a, blessing, it's a blessing and a curse, Jake, in a sense that, you know, the most
4: important issue facing us, besetting us, I think, is, is monetary serfdom. Oh, yes. And we've talked but about it many times. Certainly. But there are so few uh, active solution seekers and solution uh, app- of applicators. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, cryptocurrencies have really caught the eye of the public. Uh, so it is, it is fitting in a sense that for all of alternative media and the liberty movement's failed efforts and energies, uh, at least one of the things that was born of it is, uh, is poised to change the most important part of the power structure potentially.
3: Oh, and uh, I think we've got a new tagline. Stephanie came up with this today. I was telling her about this. Um, say farewell to fiat. Ooh, that's a good one.
4: I like that one a lot. Yeah, I, I like f- that way better than the other one. Oh yes,
3: oh yes. I think we got it. So Stephanie nailed it. I was like, well, come up with you know, come up with something for our our other show. And she goes, Stephanie, the yeah. true crypto hero. Yeah, the true. How? Oh, yes, absolutely.
4: Crypto heroine.
3: <laughs> so it has been a minute but that's what we've been up to guys so check us out at cryptohero.info we got a couple podcasts up we got a couple articles up and uh, if you ever want to know anything more about uh, bitcoin or cryptocurrency mining if you want to understand how to set up a bitcoin account uh, we can help you just shoot us an email uh, you can shoot it here at wearenotcattle at com, and we'll go ahead and take care of that so enough of the housekeeping Josh it is um, it's uh, you know it, it's it's flu season, so obviously it's um, it's uh, it's it's time to get everybody involved. It's flu season, and at our age, flu can be
8: more serious. Nobody has time for that. It's my time to do the things I
3: love.
0: Ain't hey, nobody got time age, for that. Our immune system can weaken, and
9: traditional
10: flu
2: shots may not work as well for us.
3: You need more mercury. flu
2: designed for adults 65 and older. Unlike other flu shots, Fluad contains an immune-enhancing ingredient.
3: Literally, the product is called Fluad. Hold on, <laughs> hold on. We're not done yet. Hold what on. is what is the what is the flu? What did they say? The enhancing ingredient? I, I don't know. Um, magic fairy dust. It's you vitamin C. <laughs> it might actually be B twelve for the old people.
2: Help provide a strong immune response to the flu. You should not receive Fluad if you have had a severe allergic reaction to any of the ingredients in the vaccine in the past. Including
3: so, probably but, but we don't take it. Those. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you're probably going to find out the hard way.
2: Including egg protein or severe reaction to a previous influenza vaccine. Tell your healthcare provider if you have ever had Guillain barre syndrome, severe muscle weakness after getting a flu shot, or have an allergy to rubber latex. The most common side effects of Fluad are pain or tenderness at the site of injection, muscle aches, headache, and fatigue.
10: It's time you asked your healthcare professional about Fluad. Designed for adults 65 and
3: older. It's specifically designed for you, Baby Boomers. Let's get it going. Yeah, let's... As as you should. I mean, you are going to be taking those mandatory
4: distributions, and uh, let's face it, you know, you got to spend them on something, so why not your health? There you
3: go. Absolutely. And you know, Josh, it's not just for the old people this year.
4: Did you a
8: new hear study that this week is raising concerns about the safety of a certain version of the flu vaccine and a possible link to miscarriage?
3: No, you're telling me that pregnant women taking a bunch Wait, of heavy metals Jake, and, you- and other adjuvants might actually cause some problems. Did you catch on that last on that last one in
4: the list of side effects? Consult your doctor if you're allergic to latex. No, stop. All are right, they, we're going back. Are they we're putting going back. are they putting latex in this vaccine in oh, this flu God, vaccine? I hope so. What I else would so. trigger an immune uh, response mm-hmm. to oh, latex except latex?
3: Hold on. hold on. Hold on. Oh, is this under the uh, terms and conditions or the Oh, the, uh, side, the effects. side effects? Yeah. Oh, hold on. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. I'll find it. After
2: getting a flu shot or have an allergy to rubber latex. The most oh, common side effects of flu Oh, Wow. Are
3: wow. Good call, Josh. All right. Now, first maybe, coin. maybe you did the applicator. And you, yeah, maybe the applicator. I think you're right there.
4: But hey. So if I don't go full conspiracy theorist, you know, I try and check myself, guys.
3: Yeah, you got to keep a governor on
4: it, Josh.
8: I know I'm crazy. A new study out this week is raising concerns about the safety of a
3: certain version of the flu vaccine. And a... This is a beautiful whitewash, by the way. If you ever want to know how to whitewash something, this is how you do it. Possible link to miscarriage.
8: Dr. John LaPook is here. John, that sets off a lot of alarm bells for people. Of course it does. And the key word here, Anthony, is possible link. It's considered more of a hint. Um, It's something that's worthy of further investigation, but certainly no reason It's just a hint,
3: Josh. No reason to panic. Safe and effective. Here we go. For panic. Now, they studied two seasons from
8: 2010 to 2012, and they did see more miscarriages in one very specific group. Women who had been vaccinated in two consecutive seasons and had a miscarriage within 28 days of getting the vaccine. But the numbers were small. Only 17
3: women out of 485 women who miscarried okay hold on a second let's do the math on the fly 17 out of 485 was the number was that the number uh, you're on mute I think yeah it's about 3.5% but that's not bad Josh roll the dice man it's it's all good here we go let's finish this up I don't know well as- yeah. in a society whose birth rate
4: replacement is like what 1.83 yeah we're, we're going down in a hurry we're yeah. going down 3.5% 3. So- 3. of all of all birthing mothers hey that's not bad Plus one for the eugenics, people.
8: ...occurring before 20 weeks. And in this group, the median age at miscarriage was seven weeks. Now, we spoke today to the CDC and to the authors of the study,
3: Which, in their defense, is actually kind of not uncommon because that's when they usually do happen.
8: And they said this is considered what's called a signal. It needs further investigation, but they are not recommending changing any of the current recommendations. What are the current recommendations, John? Anthony, pregnant women are at high risk for serious complications from flu. So the recommendation is to get the flu vaccine in any trimester. And there have been a lot of extensive studies previously finding that the flu vaccine during pregnancy is both safe and effective. There it is. John tagline.
3: Michael, got much. it. We got it in. Good job, boys. Well, well wait, which, done. Which network was this for?
4: Huh? Which, which network was this uh, played on? Let's
3: see if you can guess it.
4: ABC. Nope. Thanks, NBC. Central Intelligence
3: Agency, NBC, CBS. Oh, CBS, Herpaderp, Charlie Rose. Yeah, sorry. I think that's who it aired on. I'm pretty sure, but anyway, that's hmm. what that's the
4: kind of reporting. I wonder who advertises with them.
3: <laughs> oh, gee, I wonder. I wonder if Merck's a big sponsor. Mm, did I ever tell you my 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 two flu, quick flu
4: shot stories, Jake? No, hit me. Or vaccine they, stories, I guess. One one of them is uh, I I got a flu vaccine in high school for Hold on mandatory Hold on. sporting.
6: For God's sake, strap yourself down!
3: Okay, I think now we're ready. Hmm.
4: Yeah, when I was in high school, I had a mandatory flu vaccine. Well, seemingly mandatory, but at the time, of course, I was I did not know any of this, and my mother was certainly not a conscientious objector in any meaningful sense. So I got stuck with the needle, and... I don't even remember. I think I might have gotten the flu that season anyways, but I know what I did get about two weeks after the shot is shingles. Oh, that's at nice. Age, at age 17. That's a little yeah, love. That's, that's, that's totally normal, getting shingles at 17. Mm-hmm. You know, It's not like people with uh, immunocompromised systems in their, in their 70s and 80s are typically the ones who get shingles, which of course reminds me. Have you seen these advertisements for getting shingles vaccines? Oh yeah, yeah.
3: Old yeah. Hey, if you've had chickenpox, if you've had chickenpox, you're already infected. <laughs> it's just a—they love to sell the just ticking a ti- of time. Yeah, they love to sell that ticking time bomb. So uh, continue. Yeah. There's there's that one, and the second one. I don't even know why I remember this,
4: Jake, but some I guess certain memories are are etched into your mind at certain times for specific reasons. I I'll never forget a. Uh, my, a good dear, dear friend of mine growing up, his dad, was a, a, a drug pharmaceutical sales rep for, uh, I want to say it was Pfizer. No, not Pfizer. GSK. GlaxoSmithKline, maybe. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I remember he we, I hung out at his house all the time and was friends with all of his kids. And he came home in a, in a, in a tizzy one day in a state and ha- was having this conversation with his wife about how, Look, if they start talking about the Gardasil vaccine, and anyone tr- ever any doctor ever tries to push the Gardasil vaccine on any of our girls, you look them in the face and you tell them to get the hell away from your children. I mean, he was in a like I guess he was asked to like sell this product and he I don't know if he actually went through with it or or what the story was behind it. I was I was pretty young, but I I vividly remember him saying that. Oh yeah, this is like, like well, and then I started seeing the advertisements for Gardasil on television like six months later. So. But it's
3: not just for but it's not just for girls too. The boys need to get it too. Boys can be carriers. That's the big uh, that's the yeah. big sales pitch there. Oh, for the H for HPV, which they still haven't isolated yet. But that's okay, guys. Just keep you know the public's the public's not aware. So just keep no, taking of advantage and, of. Them. And there's
4: certainly no there's certainly certainly no herbal cures for any persistent virus or bacterial infection that you could try before. Uh, Shooting yourself up with some no, nope. crazy adjuvant made by GlaxoSmithKline.
3: Nope, <laughs> good thing. So sorry, the quick sidebar. That's, I mean, it is what it is, man. So we haven't talked about um, about the. I mean, we've talked about it in passing, kind of like the. And it's been a while since we had a show, but the the big split between the left and the right. It's actually kind of funny to hear uh, people actually acknowledge the fact that um, Antifa. Is um, sometimes violent. No, get get out of here. Uh, Antifa's fuzz It was it, there was a turn, Jake. I don't know when it was. It was a few Berkeley. weeks back. It was just, it, Berkeley. It was Berkeley when they started when they were vandalizing, and it was it was accepted. Yeah, that's, it was like that's, all of mainstream media turned
4: on a dime, essentially saying, "Look, oh, well, anti not exactly great."
3: But no, it was they a, lost. They lost their federal funding, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting to see this because what, what has now come into, come into play in, in the world of politics is that the, there is no discourse. Uh, they've done such an incredible job psyoping the entire nation to put them into corners and they won't even communicate with one another. And here's an example of this. Um, you know who Mark Maron is? That name sounds really familiar. A uh, podcaster, comedian uh, out of Seattle. Mm. So anyway, he's got a he's got a pretty successful he had a pretty successful little show. I enjoyed it; it was my kind of humor. It was um, kind of uh, very dry, but um, he's been a podcaster for a long time, and and I I like some of his stand up. But this is his first bit that he does, and just uh, give me the high sign whenever you want me to pause it. But um, this is a uh, this is amazing, people. The, these guys are co opted, by the way. Either they're co opted or they're mentally ill. Here we go. I don't
0: know what he's gonna do next. <laughs> and the people that voted for him, they don't know what he's gonna do next. <laughs> but they have a different tone, I think, you know? I'm like, I don't know what he's gonna do next, but I think they're like, I don't know what he's gonna do next, man. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> then why'd you vote for him? Hey, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. That's what he ran on, so that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I'm afraid of my phone. I'm afraid of my phone. I, I can't check the news. Br- I'm terrified to refresh the news browser on my phone. You wake up, you're like, do I have coffee first or do I, should I check it now? At you know, I, I don't know what he did while I was sleeping. Yeah, go ahead. Jake, this is, this is how
4: pervasive the programming is on that particular point. Trump is so unpredictable. Yeah. I was, I was watching an interview the other night between uh, a South Korean and, and three or four North Korean defectors.
3: This is why I'm telling you that this stuff is bought and paid for. And this is, oh, totally. this is mainstream culture. This is written by the CIA, people. And this is his first bit, Josh. This is his opening monologue right here. Go ahead. Well, Jake, we're, we're at this point, you know, when you mentioned that there's such a
4: staunch divide and we're po- in a, almost a post-political, post-ideological era yeah. of reactionary identity politics. Yes. It's just like false flags. We're, we're at this, we've gone through this epoch where digital information is just so pervasive that does it, is it really, does it really matter whether or not something is an organic or a synthetic event at this point? Nope. Uh, is, it, can, is it even possible to discern 100% if that's the case? Nope. You know, so are these people that are regurgitating these talking points, are they all bought and paid for, or has, have the talking points just become so powerful at a mimetic level that people just spew them without thinking about it.
3: That could be that could be very much the case. And you know? and, and in order to get confirmation and in order to get confirmation bias like <laughs> I mean, he is in Seattle, so obviously he's going to get an extended amount of confirmation bias up there because well, everybody's going to be parroting the narrative just because of the way the the nature of the politics in that in that region of the country. Totally, totally. but it's I
4: think it's more than that in that this next tale I'm about to tell you. Sure. I was listening to this interview on YouTube between a South Korean interviewer, a journalist, and a bunch of North Korean defectors. Mostly the talk was about Kim Jong-un. And it was an interesting, you know, listen. But the tail end question was, what do you think about Trump? What do North Koreans think about Trump? And how do you think the, the regime is responding? And all of them said exactly that, Jake. Oh, well, they're, they're very scared. Kim Jong-un is frightened because he's an unpredictable man. And he, frightens, he frightened all of them. But one guy, they all said, oh, he's unpredictable. He's just like the Kims, very unpredictable. You don't know what he's going to do next. They all said it, Jake. So it's a sales and this pitch. Is, these it's are North the, the, Korean defectors that, that is- in, living in Seoul now. North Korea, as far away as you could possibly get from Americana, and they're still repeating that same talking point.
3: That's good, man. I mean, they do a great job now. A- I mean, that, that is a propaganda blitz, people. Yeah. Good job, man. Good breakdown. All right, so um, continuing with the, um, with the Vulcan mind meld.
0: And is there nervousness. You know, like it's terrifying because you know it's not gonna be good. It's just not gonna be good. You're not gonna do it and be like, oh, okay, great, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out, you know, what was that feeling that I was experiencing every time I refreshed the news browser on my phone. And, and it must be akin to an abusive stepfather kicking your bedroom door in just to go, I'm burning the house down!
3: Like the alliteration there? Oh, yeah. Where where he is actually pretending to be Trump saying that he's burning the White House down. That's how unpredictable Ooh. it is. I caught that at the, the second time I listened to it. I was like, why would he use that reference? And mm. why would he use burn the house? This is, I mean... Sake, i think I this guess. is
4: i think this is scripted may very well be but i mean that's the interesting thing Is like i don't know do you see aside from public relations and lots of legislative drama how this administration is really any more or less predictable than anyone <laughs> before it nope absolutely not seems like business as usual to me yeah, for the yeah. most part but. yeah
3: hey sell weapons of saudi arabia let's make it happen and oh, wa-
4: scare, scare up some more uh, to protect
3: the 38th parallel?
4: Yeah, sounds good.
3: Yeah, all right. Yep. Don't worry, guys. Those contracts will be coming in very soon. Just let me, uh, let me uh, get, the, get the media machine cranking.
0: Walks out and shuts the door behind him. And you're sitting there with your phone going, I should go, right? Where can I go? and it's just crazy it's just, you know the people he's appointing is crazy if it's gotten to the point where I can say things to you that would never make sense previous but now you'd be like alright like I can walk up to you like hey man you hear they're, they're, they're making the Grand Canyon a landfill <laughs> what? yeah yeah they're doing that yeah I guess I, that makes sense I guess <laughs> but what's their logic well you know how many times you guys see that thing you know they're
3: and I like how that all of a sudden the American the the American Republic has been turned into a dictatorship run by Republicans, where it's oh yeah they've decided oh yeah they're going to because Trump said so. This is this is uh, this is mental illness. I mean I, I, I grant it it may be funny to some portion of the audience. I didn't even laugh. I showed it to my friend when he was over here. I was like dude you got to watch this. This is this is horrible. And we're both sitting there and he's just like man. This is, because what yeah. do you say? I mean, I, I guess you're playing to a certain audience, but anyway, let's let's well, for that. This. That's the insanity of
4: it all, Jake. Is that there are very real things going on in the world?
3: Oh, which <laughs> I've got a clip. I got a clip of that. I'm gonna you play. Know, I'm gonna play quiz, Josh here in a moment. There's very real carnage
4: and uh, empire building and f- enslavement of actual human beings. Yep, going on all over the place. Yep, and then that we, we cover on this show. You know, no one, no one bats an eye at drone strikes in Pakistan mm-hmm. or Palestinian massacre or two or revolution in Ukraine and Egypt or Iraq and Syria being thrown into the Stone Age. Yep, uh, or financing the Kurds. You know, for the what is
3: it, the twelfth time now? Yep, two billion, <laughs> two billion dollars worth of weapons. I got a clip coming up and that's our quiz josh so i'm going to finish some of this i don't know if that's we i don't know if the stomach thing
4: jake is you can't you can't approach people about <clears throat> those issues when they're upset about fantasies they're upset And there's about nothing it. there's no other way to describe it it's these people are living in a fantasy land it's like if you thought it was difficult trying to get people to to pay attention to real issues before welcome to uh, welcome to dystopia folks
3: this is this is um I still am holding to the theory that CERN did something that screwed our reality up.
0: We're just going to do it's half John of it. He's John Fighter. In the other half, you can see. St- that
3: was a good callback.
0: You'll see. But I bet people go see the garbage shoe. That's a lot of garbage. <laughs> it's going to be a double thing now. Yeah, I man, I, I could see why they would do that. <laughs> it's okay to hunt at zoos now. <laughs> what? Yeah, the new EPA guy. I don't know. I guess it's, it's OK, like, ah. Uh, right, I, I, I guess that makes sense with their logic, I guess. It's going to be a whole different thing for the kids now, I guess, though, you know. But a lot of those animals are almost extinct anyway. Here's the kicker. Just get it over with you know? Here's the kicker. You ready Things in sort of a proactive term with these guys?
3: There you go. That's how I know it's bought and paid for. right there. Proactive Extinction is a proactive term with these guys. basically equating da- and here it comes, here it comes the and this is how it gets burned in your brain. you ready?
0: <laughs> Very I mean, next you never line. thought you'd say like, "Wow, these Nazis are annoying." <laughs>
3: Can I get myself a coin for this? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. but again, man, that's, that's one that it's so passe
4: at this point, I agree. I agree, but to say this, that
3: it just which just, is scary in, in and of itself. But. Right, right, because like you said, either way, it's either way, it's terrifying. Whether it's written, whether it's written for these people in in certain branches of entertainment, or if it's an actual um, organic thought that they have that they put into an act, yeah. I mean, this this is why
4: this this whole, you know, I saw a guy walking down the street the other day with one of those, I punch Nazis shirts. It's like, where the fuck were you in 2015 when uh, Victoria Kagan Noodleman (laughs) Newland and the Hillary Clinton State Department and the Obama administration were going to, and I quote, fuck the EU by financing Arseniy Yatsenyuk and a party of actual neo-Nazis to overthrow the The Ukraine to overthrow
3: the nation I punched Nazis where, in the face where were
4: you how about we ship your ass to Ukraine you go punch those Nazis huh oh but then you're a Russian agent and they, he works for Trump too so I guess you're fucked either way god damn these people are just it's insanity Jake it's in, what else can you say
3: I don't know I, you got two millennial coins because that was fantastic sorry no that's all right man it gets me worked up well it gets me worked up too man because it's it it really does come down to the fact that we're people are playing ping pong when they should be playing tennis it's it's as simple as that you know you're doing what's easy instead of doing the hard work dude people are playing pin the tail on the donkey when we're playing 3d chess exactly well here's here's a good one i um i do have something on north korea since you brought it up Uh, ladies and gentlemen this is what North Korea is all about this is the I think it even says this in the clip the former secretary of state for the United States and uh, he'll tell you how to solve the problems with North Korea Josh
9: I want to ask uh, S- Secretary Cohen, uh, Mr. Secretary, without uh, divulging uh, things that were classified, give us a sense. Uh, uh, we always talk about h- how bad the military options are in dealing with North Korea. You have looked carefully at this. Uh, give us a sense uh, of, of the options and, and, and why they trouble people who look at them. Well, uh, as we know, that the, the North Koreans have uh, as many <laughs> as 15,000, 20,000 uh, artillery uh, a capability about uh, 40 miles, 45 miles from downtown Seoul. They could rein uh, Seoul with these, um, uh, these missiles uh, and destroy it in a matter of a few hours or days, uh, if necessary. They also have nuclear weapons, which are buried deep uh, in their territory. Hard right. to detect, hard to get at. So the notion that we would launch a preemptive attack, thinking that we could wipe them out before they could strike, I think is, uh, is foolhardy.
3: Somebody give me a sales pitch here soon. Give me, Josh, sell me some weapons.
9: And that is one of the reasons why the military commanders have uh, never, in my judgment, ever advocated that we take a preemptive military strike. Sell uh, me the weapons. If we're trying to send a signal to the Chinese. Sell me the weapons. uh, And to others, what we ought to do is call the um, South Korean president, uh, Moon, and say, put the THAAD. Missile system back on track. You yes. suspended it, put it back on track. That gives you some defensive yes. capability. Who else Go needs to the one? Japanese and say perhaps it's time for you to have the THAAD system there as well. Everybody start gets that. doing those things in conjunction with the sanctions that have just been voted upon, and start squeezing the North Koreans and saying it's going to get tougher for you. We're going to make it very hard for you to be able to continue this testing and having the resources to it. And then maybe they'll be in a mood at that point, with the help of the Chinese and the Russians, say let's. It back to the table so we can solve this. Be-
3: yeah, and you get that, and you get that. Everybody, get <laughs> Everybody gets a fad. Everybody gets a bad, dude. Just hey, just oh pony up, God. people. Just pony Play. up. <laughs> it's like I'm just imagining
4: like all these world leaders at like an Oprah Winfrey style, you know. <laughs> It's open. If, if you look under your seat, it's you'll, Northrop. You'll find one free Thad missile system.
3: <laughs> it's Northrop Grumman's free giveaway. You but, get it. But fan. some of
4: but some of you have buried uh, nuclear weapons from Kim Jong Un. So, sorry, you're you're
1: SOL. <laughs> uh, oh man. There's a vast
0: ocean of shit that you people don't know shit about.
3: Oh man, that was that was the best sales pitch I've heard in a long time. That was a good one man That's the crazy thing about
4: this uh this standoff in the thirty eighth parallel mm-hmm. is there's there's genuine competition now, not just from an arms sale perspective but from a a different approach mm-hmm. entirely with with China having so much leverage over that part of the world so I mean hypothetically you could you could go to south korea and and you know preach disarmament and a two-state solution at this point. Uh, Whether or not that will actually happen is yet to be seen, certainly. Whether or not, you know, the powers that be necessarily even want that to happen, Eastern or Western. Mm -mm. But... I mean, it's it's something that you, 20 years ago, that was not that was not even uh, a thought, Jake, no. that that could occur.
3: Well, I do have something for you since you brought up weapons, and we were talking about it just a few minutes ago. And this is our weapons section, I guess. This is our sales pitch, everybody. Um, Josh, I'm going to play a clip for you. This is about the $2, million, $2 billion worth of uh, weapons going out of Syria. And if you were going to pick one place, I'm going to say near Turkey that would be running and running the clearinghouse for these weapons and possibly other things, what country would it be? What country near Turkey? Yes. Or a place in Turkey? A place in Turkey, excuse me. Oh. Would that be Inserlik? No, I'll give you a hint. Sebel uh, Edmonds. Well, Sibel Edmonds mentions
4: running from Incirlik Air Base. If mm-hmm. it's a country around Turkey, then it'd country be
3: Azerbaijan. Ra- I think we have our first millennial coin.
4: Here yeah, man, is this the story about uh, the Silkway Airlines connection? Yes, here we go. Nobody can yeah, control man.
5: Saudi Arabia. I tried to contact them. They, uh, the, the embassy uh, in Sofia uh, responded that I would never get any answer.
1: Well, certainly this administration doesn't seem, in the U.S., doesn't seem like it's willing to call Saudi Arabia on this. They must support what they're doing. But can you tell us a little bit, so you, you're you an investigative reporter from one of the largest Bulgarian daily newspapers you come across a blockbuster story, complete with all kinds of documents and backing, and and we'll actually we'll link to your story uh, in our description of the show, and they can see for themselves the documents. You have a blockbuster story; uh, it's fascinating. But then, what happens to you? You don't you don't get the journalistic awards that you're supposed to get. You end up uh, getting into some trouble. Is that not
5: right? Um, I, I was uh, interrogated by the Bulgarian National Security Agency because uh, the Azerbaijani embassy to Bulgaria urged um, uh, the Bulgarian authorities to uh, investigate uh, the issue. Uh, I mean, uh, the leaked documents, not the content of the documents. So the Bulgarian authorities did investigate the issue. I was interrogated about uh, the source of information that I published. Uh, The Bulgarian uh, intelligence um, agency didn't uh, want to know uh, details about what I found in Aleppo. They even uh, didn't ask me to provide the footage, genuine footage footage of weapons uh, with the jihadists in aleppo they
3: just wanted to know my sources mm. uh, a few hours later oh look at that they just wanted to know my sources gee Gosh, and why, what and why what would gig? and why would people why would the azerbaijani embassy care josh oh what i mean are you telling me that our world is run by
4: a multivariate multinational drug and arms running syndicate and human running syndicate
3: I don't know, man. That's that sounds like a conspiracy theory to me. It's a big one too, isn't it? It's a big conspiracy
4: theory, <laughs> man, especially when they're shipping
3: I'm, two billion dollars worth of weapons and
4: get caught. I'm really glad that this story is getting more attention because I it came across my line, Jake. It would have been four months ago now, five months ago when it first came out. It got virtually no attention, and then it came, it resurfaced after it it was you know found out in the in alternative media that this girl had been fired and. Interrogated, and then Sibel Edmonds got this interview with her. I think she was the first one. Mm-hmm. But man, this is this is one that I've been tracking on my website for a long time. And I do think it's a tremendously important story. Just the way that the way that it works, because it's one thing to just say, "Oh yeah, well the CIA and all these inter- intelligence agencies and corporations and banks run and launder drug money," but you can. They're not that sneaky about it anymore. You can actually get down and follow stories like this and trace where they're moving it and when they switch trade routes. And, you know, these are the kind of things that are meaningful uh, articles and meaningful journalism. Right. To be able to put pressure on these people to say, like, look, if you can't stop it, that's one thing. But to be able to write accurate information about where it's going on and how uh, puts additional pressure on them. You know, people like Gary Webb found that out the hard way. But Gary Webb also didn't have the internet the way it is now. He tried his best, but Josh, I think you know what time it is, man. My favorite time of the day. I'm I'm dead broke, man. I could use some SDRs this evening.
3: <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, it is that time for the Alex Jones NLP Game Show with our contestant, Josh Wiley. Josh, thank you so much for being a part of the show tonight. Thank you very much. All right, Josh, we have uh, only one way for you to earn SDRs tonight, but we do have a couple of clips for you. So it is uh, dealer's choice tonight for Josh. You can have the uh, Alex Jones sermon. You can have the alex jones blockchain clip actually i think we should probably save that yeah like an alex jones blockchain clip i'll give you that or we can do the monetary prize which would you prefer Oof.
4: you know i want to say blockchain but i'd rather i'd rather get the holy spirit
6: in me you know give me alex jones in his sunday best And a lot of people are scared right now. They can feel the energy, and they think it's the enemy's energy. No. It's God coming back into the world. It's light. And it's evil that's already had a long season realizing its time is short. The fear you sense is the fear that evil has in its heart. And don't let that be projected onto you. Have good cheer, my friends, and know... I'll never leave you, you'll never leave me, and God will never leave any of us as long as we choose free will and choose God. We are in God's presence. We are with God and the gift of consciousness and life, and we are saved. The world system being constructed is designed to do one thing, and that's kill your soul. And your babies. (laughs) Probably. And it's going to bring I'm so you down I'd... and twist you, no, not abuse yet. you, and have you abuse others, and lower you down before it tears you apart. It's really dark, Alex. You've got to be lowered first before you can even be on the level to have this done to you. And the gate through which you entered into this evil is people seeking power. And to not have fear Like you, Alex And to be enlightened and be as gods And uh, be, be on power trips and be so positive Alright,
3: All right, I'm done with that Alright, so, good choice, Joe Man, I'm really bummed I didn't listen to that show I, I could have gotten saved you probably could have at least halfway through the sermon. You could have been saved. All right. So, also, did he subtly call himself Jesus? Did I catch that? I don't know. Possibly. It wouldn't. <laughs> it wouldn't shock me. All right. So your choices now are: you have the monetary. I will never leave you. I will never leave you, and God will never leave you. We'll all be in this together. It's like I don't know who else is immortal, man. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, Alex is definitely immortal. All right, so you have your two choices. You have... taking C60. (laughs) uh, Oh, hey, don't joke. You have the monetary prize, and you have the blockchain clip. Which would you prefer? Give me the loot, man. Okay, for Take the best for last. So, for the 50 SDRs, in last week's, or the last episode, there was a Donald Trump interview with Alex Jones. How long... Was the interview? I need minutes and seconds. Thank esoteric, uh, Josh.
4: Either eleven thirty-three or thirty-three eleven.
3: Um. No, it was thirty-three minutes and thirty-three seconds. Thirty-three, thirty-three. Ah, oh, should have known. <laughs> All right, so now we'll go into the yeah we'll go into the last clip, which is the Alex Jones. As I sit here and scoff for it, is the um, is the Alex Jones blockchain clip, which is uh, between him and Mike Cernovich. Here we go, and uh, feel free to put the hand up and let me know whenever you want to stop.
11: If you set up a film, yeah, we're all in a film. Well, just like what we—we're in a simulation. Yeah, of course we're in a simulation, and it's just like when you use fruit flies or whatever—a fast reproducing organism—to study what would happen over a thousand generations over time. Whatever the simulation we're in is accelerating our, our passage of time now to see how people react to more events happening in a future time. So the simulation,
6: it, it could just be the law of the simulation. that the Don't the globalists created. get that they've lost control and it's all over? I mean, and, and they should try to get control of themselves because we're all in this together. We better have, start having open debates about what's happening or there's no future like Elon Musk is saying. He thinks AI race could ignite World War III. as a much greater threat than North Korea.
3: Way to step all over your guests, by the way, Alex, right there. where He was just about to launch into something. All right, no, And, in, and
4: re-inject political talking points or geopolitical talking points uh, which are his esoteric
3: yeah conversation all right so um this is kind of a long clip so feel free to stop me but we got to get through this because this is uh something you and i need to squash right away
11: well once you have the ai on the blockchain so the blockchain is going to create an unsensible internet essentially
3: which is a beautiful thing the idea that you could create how good is that ai right now josh showing you ads that you just went to like two websites ago Oh, no, man. We're, we're at full dance status. God, here we go. We're, we're at tired. full house status. Here we go.
11: Networks, social networks on the blockchain. But what happens when the AI goes over to the blockchain? And, and that's something else that nobody in the media really wants to about.
3: Because it's stupid if you understand how the blockchain works, you moron. Nobody wants to talk about it because your theory is crap. All right, Josh, can you please explain to this guy why the AI will not jump over to the blockchain? I mean, I don't know what he means by AI. Does I don't know. Like, what... Does he mean like a like a killer uh, Will Smith uh, movie style All right. robot
4: right. mainframe?
3: So here, here we go. Here we go. I'll, I'll give is, you some context. Here, here comes the context. I robot. Everything
6: we're doing.
11: Yeah. Everywhere you walk. And then what happens when they when they put blockchains on us that we can't
3: even see? You could you you know we'll we'll become part of the distributed ledger. So everybody will have. What the hell does that mean? Blockchains on us, so we become part of the distributed ledger. The, okay,
4: you are already a part of a distributed ledger, you asshole. This is like, okay, I don't know what it is, especially with, I find it's older people. There's a woman, Jake, I don't know if you've heard of this lady. Millennial coin, la- by Named the way. Lynette Zhang. No. Nope. She's just this, she's on Greg Hunter, she's this gold and silver, she, she whips you up into a state of fervor and tries to sell you really high premium numismatic gold coins. Like, like Alex, except for with uh, supplements. Yeah, correct, correct. I mean, she has some good information, but she really doesn't understand uh blockchain technology at all yet she insists on talking about it every other video and she, this is her concern as well that you know all assets and human beings will be will be tokenized and traded like assets on in a in a decentralized database It's like people you are already an entry, a ledger entry in a database, a literal database. The, the Social Security Administration, I yep. guarantee you, has a database that's written probably in COBOL or some old-ass language from when they originally developed it. Your Social Security number is there. All of your information is there. I mean, it's a national ID program that you're already part of. Like, what, You know, what is this? And it's, people are concerned about this ICO, Jake, doing something similar called AC Chain. Yeah. Of course, of course, you know the people were whipped up into a frenzy because this was somehow tied to the SDR. Of course, it's not actually tied to the SDR. It was simply an array. It was a dict, a program dictionary line of code that had an <laughs> yeah. array with these values <laughs> of of the uh, of the floating weighting. So they're just using the price of these five currencies in the basket. To roughly gauge the price of the coin, that's all and, they were doing. And anybody
3: so, that anybody that's uh-huh. a, a network admin or a sys admin right now is laughing their butt off at your dick joke right
10: there. Or, oh
4: yeah, oh no, dicked. I DIC. know. I got oh, you. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> I, I, ha, ha. But yeah, that's uh, what. That's what they. That's all they were doing. And my question to all of this was, or the thesis was that this ICO was somehow state sanctioned, that the IMF was behind it. And their first example is digitizing tea. So this, of course, is going to lead to the digitization of everyone and the enslavement of us all in know, one-world currency where, uh, I don't know, Jesus comes back at the end or something. Uh, Man, I need like a we're-all-going-to-die clip. I need one of those. Totally. <laughs> That's what it felt like by the end of this presentation. Of course, now that ICOs are banned in China, it's very difficult to see how that would actually happen. And uh, furthermore, you know... Uh, if if you're actually officially sanctioned by the, the IMF, wouldn't you be monetizing your token with or backing your token in some way with the MSDR, the retail bond that launched in China earlier this year or late last year? Wouldn't that be like the perfect uh, stage to unfurl your plot of bonds and cryptocurrencies destroying humanity?
3: But, of course, none of that. No, you can't. Dude, it's... It's, all right so let's let's continue with the with the nonsense and we'll Sorry. no hey you know what this is I knew that it's what this segment was going to be because it was going to run a little long because this clip's ridiculous so and this is why Alex Jones is dangerous people because he has people like this on that talk out of their ass and they don't know anything about what they're talking about here we go
6: then they say, oh we've got to tear down this whole old part of the city because the printable city can do it much quicker and then The first test are just a block. Then it's a half a city. And then somebody hacks into that AI system, and it can chew up the whole planet in two hours and rewrite the entire planet in two hours once you launch that AI system. By
3: seeds people
6: well it, it, yeah i read a great
11: article actually in and forbes on how walmart's using the blockchain i should actually send it to producers because i really want to talk about don't you the get the printable city's going to be the real weapon well we don't know That's the genesis the weapon point. We, we don't know what's going to happen when when they can track us so in this article now they're using the blockchains for supply fulfillment and supply tracing so
3: which is actually one of the more applicable ways to use the blockchain because, listen, he, he actually goes over the positive points that you and I have discussed, Josh. Here it could be used for good or for evil. Oh, of course. So here it comes. Here it comes. Here's, here's the actually what they're doing. And tell me if this is something that you and I do, would do or is this something nefarious?
11: They can say, where do these mangoes come from? And they could just type in. The, the ledger, and they can find it within... It's entire history, and, and the fertilizer yeah.
6: that was used, and the tree it came from, and it and came who from. worked on it, a, 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 almost... A- yes. Yeah, so if you have a disease
3: outbreak, morons, or something like that, or if you have some kind of outbreak or virus that gets people sick, you may not want to buy from that orchard. Or Only. pesticide, or, or yeah, uh, exactly.
4: Or or you or you want actual data comparing, you know, organic food supply to to petrochemical laden GMO corn crap? Nah, and you no, want no, no. Accountability
3: in that. System. It's just some robots coming to enslave us, dude. I mean, seeds.
4: I, g- I get the concern because it is IBM that's working on this technology, and they're certainly not. Uh, I mean, heck, they're the ones who helped to uh, to prototype all of those social security databases in the first place. So, yep. Yep. you know, some of these are, are concerning developments, but honestly. A blockchain is—it's just a database, folks. <laughs> you know, they're only going to use it where it's cheaper than an SQL database or a NoSQL database. That's where they're going to use this.
3: God, that was that was a very good—that was a very good point because uh, I don't think a lot of people think think, think in terms of uh, the the cost of software and hardware f- to finance these kind of, especially when you're talking about something as big as. Walmart. They don't think
4: about it at all. I mean, b- nope. crypto,
3: bi- Bitcoin especially,
4: is a tremendously resource-intensive way of storing data. You know, you're that's why the network is incentivized the way it is, why the miners get paid off, because no one's going to hash just to, you know, secure a network that there is no value in. The value is more than just the immutability. The value is that the immutable digits have a monetary value themselves. So how is if IBM is just going to centrally manage this this whole blockchain, you know, agriculture program, then why wouldn't they just use a centralized database? There's no need for it to be decentralized Very and resilient true. and all these things. And even if it were that, Jake, how are you going to get farmers to 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 accept it? You literally have to have to have some kind of bootstrapped currency mechanism onto it to say, "Well, look, if you want to track, you know, your mangoes, then you have to run this node with mining software, so you can get paid out in the tokens that that we're tokenizing these mangoes with. There you go. And or paying or paying the farmers directly to tokenize their mangoes. I mean, if it's if it's a voluntary system, you know, I don't I don't parts of it could be nefarious, but parts of
3: it could be really positive. I think I really might have to ISO that. What if they turn us into blockchains?
6: present three-dimensional documentation of that right so then what happens when
11: we have that gives our, the ai total surveillance yeah and then we'll have serial numbers on all of us and then anywhere you go anytime
3: you pass it you already have serial numbers on all of us see what we just said 30 seconds ago
11: that's the whole thing We're, we've all been worried about You know, the government spying on us and everything. But as we've learned with how Google is monitoring everything you do, every time you use a Google map, Google is um, putting
6: it into the deep learning machine and
11: tracking you and creating. And then they can predict the
6: future. And then once you're able to predict the future, they're able to add stimuli to manipulate us through the algorithm, through our subconscious, because the computer can see a map of our subconscious from our actions that our conscious mind is on.
3: I want to see that damn computer, by the way. I want to see a computer that can see our subconscious. That's pretty sweet. Well, one thing I want to point out to people, if you are,
4: a, you know, a regular 21st century internet browser, you don't use Internet Explorer, and you're not, you're not lame, you've probably got an ad blocker installed on your browser. Uh, Ublock Origin is my favorite, just because it's, it's open source. And, you know, Adblock Plus, which is a real popular one still passes on your information to the advertisers. But there's one that's Incredibly malicious, but really cool if, you're, if you want to thumb your nose at the system. It's called Ad Nauseam. It's been taken off the App Store by Google, so you have to download it yourself. But it, uh, it, it not only blocks all ads, but it silently clicks on them as many times as possible in the background. <laughs> Uh, to completely obfuscate any kind of data collection, and if anything it just it screws with the algorithms in a big way and it was getting so popular that Google had to delist it from the app store because you know it was just it was it was rife for abilities to manipulate it and this is there this whole system they 're building folks they are rife with with opportunities to fuck with them uh but we just we need people who are technologically
3: literate enough to do so. And for those of you that are new to the show and you wonder why Josh gets his crazy bells behind him, uh, he is our foul mouth millennial, so every time he swears, he gets a, uh, he gets a token, which he can exchange. I don't exchange.
4: even realize I do it sometimes. It's all I right, apologize. man. You
3: can, you can exchange those for SDRs, whatever, uh, whatever kind of currency-backed SDR do you want. All right, Well, so just, it's, it should be a part of the SDR basket, let's be honest. I, I think so. As, oh,
4: much, it's, 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 as much so as gold.
6: mm mm-hmm. Possibly. It knows that, our rhythms, it knows our activities, and then that's the end of consciousness. Oh, sure. It knows what advertising to send you.
11: If you're, if you're on Facebook, it knows what, a, that, that's what people don't understand with the deep. No, it doesn't. It
3: shows
4: you what are called cookies, you moron. Learning. You,
3: Go ahead. And this is
4: the thing. These people are not describing AI. I no, mean, they, they're, they're describing two ads. different <laughs> topics enti- entirely. No, they're, they're talking about art, like, a g i artificial general intelligence yes. you know the idea that you could create something that thinks like a human but could possess all knowledge almost instantaneously singularity transhuman type crap mm-hmm. that's hyper religious and probably not possible um, you know versus algorithms for predictive linguistics or for uh targeted advertising right or you know and these things are creepy, don't get me wrong but there is no, um, there's no sentient, godlike, antichrist figure, ghost in the shell, ghost in the machine, you know, that's going to come out and murder your family. It's a technocratic class of goons that, yeah, work for tech companies and are very well compensated for doing so. But it's not that Google controls the world. Oh, Look at you know him, talk, Cernovich, talking about... Oh. You look at look at Google's deep mind analytic system. It's so nefarious Deep like, Learning algorithms, deep learning Josh. algorithm, excuse me. Uh, ugh. It's like it's it's a DARPA financed, four star general laden in Qtel cash grab operation. I mean, Google is not a private company. It's not, a, it's not a private company. I mean this is like total – it's like a Soviet-style research bureau that's just really well-funded with a different name run by a social justice warrior.
11: AI, what they're doing is right now they're learn. it's pacing and leading, a classic you know, persuasion principles. They're showing you what you think you want and meeting you where no, – No, they're not.
3: They're showing you the stuff you just bought
11: you are and then they are leading you to the where they want you to do and that is why google wants to um, control the internet censor what you see and then before long you'll type in things on google and they'll know what you're gonna look for and they know what's gonna to appeal to you and, and they'll show you just the right- And they admit that's fix. their current, o- operation. Right, but it, eventually it's gonna get out of their hand though. That's the whole problem that
3: people don't understand is that it, people would- The algorithms are gonna be set loose, Josh, to they'll rule
11: go roll. <laughs> say, well, you, you can't have, you couldn't have Skynet without the blockchain. Cause people would say, <laughs> well, Skynet, you can just turn it off.
3: can't have
4: skynet without the blockchain josh no well, you can't can. <laughs> but you
11: can't turn off the blockchain <laughs> it's a decentralized network you, you can't turn it off so once the ai has has achieved consciousness and has handed over to it's the got blockchain, its tentacles
3: into everything and can turn <laughs> dude
4: don't you, you remember that classic scene in terminator
6: What's uh, you know? Where they when the Sarah, blockchain when Sarah,
4: when Sarah Connor just looks 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 at Satoshi and says, You're terminated blockchain.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
4: You
6: can't turn it off, man. You can't turn off a blockchain. Energy everything off any time it wants. Sure. And then once it plugs in to these large AI factories that'll be able to take in Alex is
3: talking so far out of his ass right now, he had to think about it. Did you hear that? large ai factories yeah here we go all right so i'm only gonna play another like 30 seconds of this because this is going this is running way too long
6: the materials and produce whatever they want out the back end it'll be great for medicine housing everything else but once these things get scaled up then the ai can literally feed itself into everything and rewrite the entire surface of the globe leaving what it wants destroying what it wants well yeah 3d printing
11: so they'll they'll 3d print drones Uh, That's why I tell people they should really watch Black Mirror. I don't know where they got the the Black Mirror people, where they're plugged
3: in or who's. They're not plugged in. They just read books like Josh and I. We could have written that stuff. I mean, give me a break. Oh, my God. Twilight Zone clone. Yeah, Josh, a, a society based on a social score. I would have never thought of that. Insanity. It's not already happening in Beijing or anything like
4: that. All right. Well, all right. Let's let's been talking to them or if they have some kind of
6: um, trans terrestrial understanding of what's going on. But sure. Well, well, the Chinese have announced, I mean, before they even had that episode where you go around and everybody has to fringe you or your social score goes down and then you make less money and then they can social engineer your behavior by that. That's the Chinese model they're coming out with, where you have an ID that's Internet, but also personal corporate and government off your activity and then if that lowers down you can't get a job it's the mark of the beast and now they just oh you know that was a
3: nice little throw in right there alex i yeah. don't know if it actually if they even claim that it's the mark of the beast but that was good turn it off well,
4: they've basically. been they've been doing this in singapore since the since like 2000 man even before then
3: all right let's let's shut down the segment josh you unfortunately did not win any sdrs on this segment so I do have to. I do have to apologize, but we do always want to. Thank I've got you. enough millennial coins. You, you definitely, and you might be able to exchange them on uh, on um, uh, Cryptopia or something like that in order to get your uh, in order to get your currency back. To I'm,
4: I'm going to mail them to Christine Lagarde and see
3: if she'll uh, see if she'll arrange a swap agreement for me. <laughs> That's quite possible. So, let me get to our. Um, we got to close out the segment properly, right? There yeah, we go. Well, thanks for playing, Josh. You actually have, I think you have up to almost 50 SDRs at this point. So we'll catch you next time on the Alex Jones NLP Game Show. Once again, we started this show because I was um, turned on to Liberty by Alex and then... Uh, through talking to Josh and listening to a lot of Richard Grove and reading other books, I found out that Alex is... um... You were turned off to Alex by Liberty. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's actually uh, very uh, fortuitous and uh, very enlightening. So thanks for playing, Josh. We'll see you next time and... Now we are going to move into our next segment, which is the um, documentary review. I actually didn't do one last time, Josh. We didn't even talk about one. All right. So this week we are going to be reviewing the uh, documentary Unacknowledged. So we got to play some music for that. And this is a documentary by um, uh, Stephen Greer. And it is I think it's his third documentary. But um this is more into the foyer of um alien disclosure, um, secret technologies, um alien landings, and also he gets into the deep state. Uh Josh and I do have we both we both saw the documentary, right, Josh? Correct. So, um so we can both speak to a lot of the parts of this. We do have some concerns with Stephen Greer, or just actually, I think more of mine is questions around uh, who he associates with. But uh, let's jump right into it. And this is the uh, part one, and this is uh, about the Roswell incident. Headline
0: edition, July 8th, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. Army officers say the missile, found sometime last week, has been inspected
2: at Roswell, New Mexico and sent to Wright Field, Ohio for further inspection.
7: Roswell's almost become a joke because there's so much myth and narrative around it. But if you look at the Guy Hotel document, as a field agent sent to Jager Hoover, three so called flying saucers had been recovered in New Mexico. Each one was occupied by three bodies of human shape. But only three feet tall, because it's become the number one document viewed on the FBI website after we released
10: this. Now the craft is it wasn't it was more or less an oval egg-shaped craft? It wasn't uh, saucer-shaped.
0: That particular craft, there were some problems with number one getting it on the flatbed to take it up to Area 51.
10: The interior craft was uh, it, it didn't have any. Actual levers or flight control systems that we would identify as a flight control system But they eventually I think over some time figured it out and it was done all by hands The creatures would put their hands on controls and they'd have this headset on and this headset would somehow control uh, or, or help them control the aircraft. Well, they did discuss the fact that there were bodies uh, extraterrestrial bodies. Yes the creatures were about uh, four foot, some of the creatures were, were, were uh, uh, mangled, uh, were heavily uh, injured and their bodies were, were torn apart.
0: There were four uh, aliens aboard that thing and those aliens went to Los Alamos.
10: And we were told that the extraterrestrial went to Kirtland Field, Kirtland Air Force Base, and then on to Los Alamos. Two
1: pathologists said there wasn't anything in the, in the anatomy books. There wasn't anything in what our medical schools. They had never seen anything like this. First I thought it was a, a child, because it was small. Then I looked at this head and all. The head was different, the arms were spindly, the body it was gray.
10: But the creatures were approximately four foot. They had uh, didn't appear to have any ears. They only had two orifices. They didn't have ear lobes. they had two ear canals. They had indentation for the nose, very, very big eyes. And large eyes. The fingers had no thumbs, just four, four fingers. Suction devices on their tips of their fingers. You know, the four fragile fingers and the long arm, real short joint. Almost looked like they were uh, nude, but they actually uh, had a very thin but tight-fitting suit on. One was alive. Uh, partially alive at the time that uh, this happened. They died in, 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 I believe it was 1952, but the, the bodies of the, uh, the extraterrestrials that were found at the scene were uh, in a deep freeze, placed in a deep freeze, and sent to wright Pat Field in uh, Dayton, Ohio.
0: One of the briefing officers that was taking
2: us around and talking about what was going on, they said there had been over 100 crashes in that Four Corners area. So
3: <clears throat> so this kind of sets the scene for his disclosure project and his new foyer into understanding how the black budget, which we've talked about. Actually, we talked about it on the last show, how the black budget and certain special projects show up um, regarding uh, extraterrestrial activity. And he estimates, and I've got it here a little bit later, he estimates the dollar value behind it, but... um Josh, what did you think of the documentary, first of all? I probably should have hit that before we got into the clips. Uh, I thought it was – parts of it were actually
4: really interesting and thought-provoking. A lot of the key testimonies are stuff that I have had previously come across just researching the topic myself. Sure. But it was it was a really interesting introduction. I thought there were some rather crafty parts like we talked about earlier on the mm-hmm. phone today, Jake, that mm-hmm. there's one part of the portion of the documentary that is – Pretty much an over endorsement of Hillary Clinton in a, in a way.
3: Yeah. And why don't you go into that? Because I thought that was fascinating your, <laughs> your take on it and um, kind of the timing of everything and the serendipitiousness, if you will, of, of the release of this documentary.
4: Oh, well, on the grander media kind of assault stage, I just think it's interesting that, you know, Stephen, Dis- Stephen Greer's disclosure project was launched in the 90s around the same time as the X Files which I believe according to Tom Secker's research is a DOD financed film or finance series. Certain episodes of it were, Mm -hmm. um, as well as independence day, which I know for a fact is a DOD financed project.
3: Well, that was to condition people to, to be ready to fly in spaceships and fight aliens.
4: Certainly. And, and Bill Clinton was the president. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he was at one point supposedly working with Stephen Greer and then backed out on disclosure. Uh, and I find it interesting that there was that, that whole media blitz. And now in 2016, throughout 2015 to 2017, we've seen the reboot of The X-Files. Uh, Stephen Greer released another high-profile documentary and become a media darling to a certain extent again. Mm. Hillary Clinton was running for president. We also had a sequel to Independence Day. And I think it's just really interesting that all those things happened. Uh, all those, those cultural echoes happen, uh, whether they're organic or synthetic
3: well as uh twain would say history um doesn't repeat itself but it sure does rhyme right indeed so let's go to the second clip and this is the the moon landing i have got um i've got some questions about the moon landing um mainly with the photography but uh here is oh sorry jay yeah go ahead i just want
4: to let people know if you don't have the clip there is a clip in this documentary where after talking about his relationship with Bill Clinton, uh, they cut to Hillary Clinton saying, oh, she will try for disclosure. Yeah. You know, that no, was I don't have that, that.
3: I thought was a subtle endorsement. No, I don't have that. Yeah, but he's 100 percent right because he's on Jimmy Kimmel again. So Jimmy Kimmel has Bill Clinton on. Then he has Hillary Clinton on and ask him the same question and she gives the same response. And, um, yeah, I, I can see why that's a, that's a pretty good. Uh, I'm going to give you millennial coin.
1: That's a good assessment. All right. Here we go. We should go
9: boldly where man has not gone before. Fly by the comets, visit asteroids, visit the moon of Mars. There's a monolith there, a very unusual structure on this little potato-shaped object that, that goes around Mars once in seven hours. When people find
2: out about that, they're gonna say, who put that there? Who put that there? Dr. Greer has been a ar-
3: Actually, actually, um, Buzz, I think they're going to say, what's a monolith? ...around people with
2: top secret clearance
3: his whole life.
2: His uncle... Is that an app? ...to design the original lunar module that put the first men on the moon.
3: Okay, so there's my first red flag with Stephen Greer. Is that his uncle was one of the first people to help develop the lunar module that put us on the moon. So... Got, well, a, yeah, question, I mean, got a question? Got a question there? Got a question, man.
4: I, I, why? Why do you have to question that, Jake? I mean, it was it was a momentous occasion in American history. We went to the moon. The, we beat we beat those damn Russians. The, the that, official photographs are all,
3: almost all doctored.
4: Yeah, no, and, and the official film don't footage. Say that. Yeah, how could you say that? Mm. I was sipping a martini, Jake. I saw it happen.
3: Yeah, on the one closed on the on the one closed feed that they gave you, sure. There were not multiple feeds. There was one closed feed, and I'm sure that couldn't be manipulated. All right, here we go. In
2: 1961, President Kennedy challenged NASA to put Americans in space and on the moon by the end of the decade.
12: Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one we intend to win.
2: The Disclosure Project archive, includes testimony from extraordinary individuals who were part of this great effort to explore outer space, including astronauts Gordon Cooper and Dr. Edgar Mitchell, the sixth man to walk on the moon.
1: Yes, there have been E.T. visitation. There have been crashed craft. There have been uh, uh, material and bodies recovered. And there is some group of people somewhere that may or may not be associated with government at this point, but certainly were at one time, that had this knowledge. And-,
3: and now it's all in the private sector, so if anybody that studies ufology or understands why all this stuff is being classified, is because, guess what? The government doesn't control this stuff anymore. They gave all the stuff to Norfolk Grumman and... And um, Lockheed Martin and said, here, you guys go work on it because you've got corporate oversight and you've got corporate secrecy laws, so they can't touch you. They can FOIA us, so you guys just take the projects over. Just like the, uh, whatever it is, the, um, uh, it's, no, it's, I can't remember. But you see last year, Jake, that after, uh, or
4: was it two years ago, 2015, when the uh, undocumented adjustables for the Defense Department showed $8.3 trillion missing? That's probably going to Lockheed Martin and those guys. Here, build us well, spacecrafts, guys. It absolutely was, because at the very same time that this is happening, Lockheed Martin spun off its financial division, its bookkeeping oh, that's division, right. and- yeah, into a separate corporate entity just, so, right. can, just so it
3: could handle the inflows. Yeah, probably. Yeah, we got a new spaceship coming out, guys. The 2018 is just, it's gangster. Get your Gen 3 night vision <laughs> goggles ready, folks. That <laughs> uh, have been attempting to. Oh, please, please explain that joke for people that missed it.
4: Well, I've never done it myself or seen anyone do it, but I claim there are people, a lot of people that claim if you buy, purchase Gen 3 or Gen 4 uh, night vision goggles, which are tremendously expensive on the open market, and the best ones are all uh, military equipment. So if you get a hold of these things, it has to be through, it's usually a Russian supplier or a Russian optic, Mm -hmm. because the American ones are all technically classified. but evidently if you look up at the stars at night with one of these things in an area without a lot of light pollution, you will see all sorts of interesting things zipping about that are decidedly not satellites. Um, but I, again, I've never seen it myself, but I, there are a lot of people that say that's the case. Interesting. Well, a lot of credible, like people like Captain Austin Fitz claim that that's the case. So. All right, well and see you listen Anyone wants to drop 4K over and, and to give us of the video?
3: We are not cattle at gmail.com, guys. And he said, by the way, we've discovered a base on the backside of the moon. And I said, I said, whose? <laughs> what do you mean,
1: whose?
6: Well,
12: And then he pulled out one of these mosaics and showed, showed this base. Which had geometric shapes. There were towers. There were uh, spherical uh, buildings. There were very tall towers and things that looked somewhat like radar dishes, but they were large structures. And at that point, I became frightened and I was a little terrified, thinking to myself that anybody walks in the room now, I know we're we're in jeopardy. We're in trouble because he shouldn't be giving me this information.
4: There you go. All right, so. Um now we're it is g- interesting that that is one of the points that is hammered home throughout the documentary. It's like space is what we- is weaponized it's already weaponized
3: yes, absolutely you know
4: i I didn't think about that the first time I watched it, but now that you're playing these clips over, I'm thinking of the documentary that was a very pervasive theme.
3: And I was uh, I was going to play an evidence clip, but I don't think I need to play that. So I'm going to kind of. Join the Space Corps, Jake. Absolutely. Here we Do go. You
4: like, uh, what, what was that? So, can uh,
2: the government keep huh.
4: a secret? Sequ- Say what now? What was that 90s movie that was about? It was like a space a space war satire almost. Spaceballs? No, not Spaceballs. It's the 80s. This one about like. Uh, it's like it's, uh, the Earth is essentially like a one world fascist government fighting some like a race of bugs. Oh, Starship yeah. Troopers. Starship Troopers, Woo-hoo. there we go. It'll just to go full-on Starship Troopers. Absolutely. Join the Space Corps.
3: That's it. Here we go. This big. UN Space Command.
2: One of the biggest weapons in the intelligence community's arsenal is our general belief that the U.S. government couldn't possibly keep a secret this big. No, Daddy would never lie to me. From the American public. But the existence of the National Reconnaissance Office remained secret for over 30 years. The mere existence of the NSA, jokingly referred to as no such agency, was kept secret until it grew so large that it was quite conspicuous. And those working in the Manhattan Project developing the atom bomb were told that any secrets that they disclose would result in 10 years in prison or an equivalent of a $100,000 fine. Only when the weapons were used at Hiroshima and Nagasaki did the government disclose
1: what they were. Of of all things, to keep secret, the fact that there is this, this bountiful option that we have, of reaching out into the stars and being friendly neighbors with other civilizations and sharing information, sharing resources and sharing knowledge and sharing spiritual insights and values. To suppress that information and to conceal it is part of the efforts of a national security state that is threatened by that reality. And so this is one of the ultimate
2: secrets that needs to be exposed. We have indeed been contacted, perhaps even visited, by extraterrestrial beings. And the U.S. government, in collusion with the other national powers of the Earth, is determined to keep this information from the general public. Victor Marchetti, former special assistant to the executive director of the CIA. And in this document,
7: from the Canadian government, the matter is the most highly classified subject in the United States government, rating higher than the H-bomb. That was the most top secret doomsday weapon at the time in development. And the second item, B, flying saucers exist, period. C, their modus operandi is unknown, but concentrated effort is being made by a small group headed by Dr. Vannevar Bush. And then D, the entire matter is considered by the United States authorities to be of tremendous significance. What is more sensitive than the development of the hydrogen bomb prior to its detonation? the UFO issue. A priori, therefore, the entire subject has been managed in a way from the 40s onward with extraordinary secrecy around it. The event at Roswell, because it resulted in the acquisition of materiel that could be studied, it created a a sea change in the whole national security organization. Because within uh, weeks of that event, the CIA was formed. Within weeks, there was the formation of the Air Force, which was split off from the Army Air Force. It also led, however, the development of unacknowledged special access projects, which is why Eisenhower, even though he knew about the subject on a fairly deep level, had completely lost control of it by 1961 when he left office.
3: So... Now we're about to get into the fun stuff. I'm going to ram through these next few clips because they're all pertinent to what this is, and then we'll we'll do a summation here at the end.
7: But he's talking about the illegal part of it. He's not talking about the conventional military.
1: But it's now the military-industrial intelligence complex uh, that are moving bureaucratically toward establishing dominion and control over the entire democratic process in the country, and that they're waging war invading the Middle Eastern oil fields and occupying the oil fields, attempting to establish what they themselves refer to as full-spectrum dominance. But we're going to smoke them out. And so the
7: public has to understand there began to be this bifurcation, that this separation between legitimate national security and military operations and the deep black programs that are unacknowledged. We're talking about the black budget, the deep black, super secret unacknowledged budget that runs in the hundred to two hundred billion dollars a year. I'm being conservative.
12: My 03 budget calls for more than 48 billion dollars in new defense spending.
2: More money for the Pentagon when its own auditors admit the military cannot account for 25 percent of what it already spends.
9: According to some estimates we cannot track 2.3 trillion dollars in transactions
3: now what day was that on josh september 10th 2001 was it jake i believe so 0.3 trillion with a t
4: that's eight thousand dollars for every man woman and child in america i do just want to briefly state like no matter what your position on ufology is or uh, black budget secret space program type stuff those two things primarily are the greatest indicator that something is afoot one, the sheer amount of money that they're shaving off, of before was just black budget stuff. Now is like a whole banking enterprise, yeah. budgetary enterprise. This isn't sheer greed. It's not even about um, traditional geopolitical power metrics at this point. I mean, this is enough money to build an alternative uh, infrastructure for a new civilization somewhere. So that's it's it. That's not about oh corruption. <laughs> Yeah, keep Just that gent- run of the mill corruption. Keep that yeah. in mind, people.
12: We're spending well over a hundred million dollars per day on classified programs that have no congressional oversight, no public scrutiny. Uh, there's no monitor of these programs. A number of these programs go directly through Congress, totally. When you start going through these documents, these programs start dropping off the radar screen. These are all classified programs within the defense budget. But they don't supply any
3: technical information on the program, and if people think that, hey, do you remember how much NPR said the black budget was? Oh, it was like twenty billion or something like that, seventy billion. Yeah, no, no, I think it was like thirty. Good try, guys. Once
4: again, I I think I got it. We were talking the other day about why Stephen Greer, the creator of this documentary, earlier today about Mm -hmm. what this documentary was. If he truly is just a just a stooge. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we'll get to you by the end of these clips I think yep we got it's totally it's totally a glo- global governance bits, blitz man I'm just know, now putting this together as that I listen work. to this did you hear that word no oversight yep no oversight what could provide oversight to the to the world hegemon uh, that's a good point
3: only a global government interesting he talks about the Constitution a lot, so, but I'll, I'll I'll keep that. I that like the, is true. That like is the, true. I like the thesis, though. I'll, I'll, I'll roll I'll check, with that for I'll a second.
4: I'll check my thesis for that.
3: All right, stand by. The Congress
4: and the
7: president actually have a handle on this. They're gravely mistaken. They do not. This is where we get into the structure of secrecy.
2: The structure of secrecy is complex and multifaceted. We've been led to believe that we live in a mostly transparent democracy with the president at the top of the intelligence food chain. A true commander-in-chief. This is a really good point that they make here, though. The reality, however, is much different.
9: A shadowy government with its own Air Force, its own Navy, its own fundraising mechanism, and the ability to pursue its own ideas of the national interest Free from all checks and balances and free from the law itself.
3: There's. So the other clip that I think I cut it off too early is um, where they talk about how that um, when they're when they're talking about the, the, the disclosures, they talk about. All right, there you go. Sorry, I was burning some time until you got back. Sorry, that's all right. That's all right. All right, so um, here's, the, uh, here's the last, or I got two more clips, but this is about the head of uh, intelligence, so here This we go.
7: document lists the compartmented operations out of the Nellis facility, what the public wrongly calls Area 51. I gave this document to the head of intelligence for the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Admiral Tom Wilson. Now, this is J2. This is the guy who puts the intelligence briefings together for the Joint Chiefs of Staff of the United States of America. And he got hold of one of these compartments, and he said, Hello, I'm Admiral Tom Wilson. I want to be read into or briefed on this project. They said, Yes, sir, we know who you are, and you don't have a need to know.
3: Ah, there you go. (laughs) Hey, Hey, dude, that's a great title. Yeah, yeah, we're all out of those. Well, to... uh
4: Reinforce some of the points of this documentary when it mentions Kennedy and his original bid during for the space program, and to unify uh, the Soviet Union and the West through a joint effort to explore space. One interesting thing to me is that he put Bobby Kennedy in charge of pretty much everything, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And that wasn't even enough in the end for the man. So,
1: just think—food for thought. And George H.W. Bush refused to give him uh, the information, said he'd have to go to Congress and get Congress to have the Congressional Research Service at the Library of Congress declassify it to get it to him if he was going to get it. That's that's a true story. In
12: some of these cases, absolutely, the president has no need to know, because he's a temporary employee. He's strictly a temporary employee. He does not have a need to know on some of these deeper black programs within the Skunk Works, within the Boeing Skunk Phantom Works. Works, and also within the uh, Black Widow group of Northrop.
3: Yeah, I could not think of the Skunk Works project. It was driving me nuts. I had it on the tip of my tongue, and I couldn't get there. All right, last Lucky fl- boys. Yeah, last hey, last, uh, last clip, and it's your favorite.
7: Initially, I have to admit, the CI director... I thought, to be honest with you, that he was um, sort of picking my brain to find out what I knew, as opposed to really not knowing. By the time the three-hour meeting was over, it was quite clear that the emperor had no clothes. He later denied the meeting had happened for a briefing. This is a wonderful thing. Now, people say, how could he write this letter basically saying that the, this meeting and what i said about it was a distortion of the truth i said because he didn't realize there was a, a record beforehand and thank god i saved the document that is the original invitation and in that letter it is explicit i talked to Woolsey this morning and he suggested getting together there is an active attempt being made at lower levels of government to sabotage Project Starlight, which is the initiative I started and Lawrence Rockefeller helped fund to bring all these top secret people together and recommend these changes to the Clinton administration.
3: Oh, there you go. Oh, millennial coin, wrong button. There's the Clintons. There you go. That was mm-hmm. a good catch, man. Wasn't uh, was Woolsey
4: a uh, peanut guy, too?
3: Yeah, I think that so. Woolsey?
4: Yeah, I think so. I think so as well. That that His name sounds familiar sounds like it's connected to that.
3: So that was uh that was it for the for the clips and that was my other red flag is that anytime you're connected with those guys I have to um I, even though it's the quote unquote the good Rockefeller. Yeah. Whatever that means. Well, oh, did you get that clip? Yeah, I just played it. Oh, did they did they mention
4: Lawrence Rockefeller? Yeah. I didn't catch
3: it. Or he said the well, he all right, well you, you didn't catch it cuz you have to be paying very close attention here. I'll play it one more time. It's pretty. It's it's right at the very beginning. He talks about the, um, you know, the study that Lawrence Rockefeller funded, and that's the only time he's ever brought up here.
4: Which study? Or, no, I, mean, the, I have to admit,
7: the CIA director. The um, I thought, project. To be honest with you, that he was, um, and thank God, I saved the document that is the original invitation, and in that letter, it is explicit. I talked to Woolsey this morning, and he suggested getting together. There is an active attempt being made at lower levels of government to sabotage Project Starlight, which is the initiative I started and Lawrence Rockefeller helped fund to bring all these top secret people together and recommend these changes to. Them. There you go.
4: Yeah, Project Starlight—that's the—that's the Lawrence Rockefeller connection. Yeah, I was- mean.
3: Well- like I said, it's it's very... The guy doesn't
4: have a career without Project Starlight.
3: Very true, and it's very interesting that I find the documentary fascinating. I, th- I would recommend everybody, if you're interested in UFOlogy or if you're interested in black budget stuff, it's an interesting watch. <laughs> You'll probably learn something and gain some knowledge from it. So from that perspective, I would recommend it. I would too. It's it's a fairly good primer, to be honest. Yeah, and, and the other thing is that um, it's... Those are the couple of questions that we have, but um, like I said, and like I've kind of hashed out with Josh just out of my own psyche, is that even though he was funded by Lawrence Rockefeller, you can't refute what the guy's done for uh, uncovering and declassifying uh, not only U.S. government documents, but government documents around the world so that we could... have documentation of events that actually did occur. Now, whether these were man-made or whether they were made by aliens, um, I don't know. I I used to be a staunch believer that uh, the alien ufology stuff was uh, kind of nonsense, but um, you know, I'm I'm a big boy. If you can show me better evidence than my current thesis, then I will rewrite my thesis. And as uh, as the great John Taylor Gatto said, I will keep testing that thesis until the day I die, and it. Probably will never survive, but it is what it is.
4: There's just way more questions than answers at this point, and that's another reason why I think you you can discern that there's something going on there. Because if if you're a reader of Carol Quigley, one of my favorite Quigley quotes from Tragedy and Hope, and I paraphrase, he says something like, you know, the vast majority of intelligence that intelligence agencies collect is just open knowledge that's known to the public already sure so the most of their job then is not the collection of the information but the spreading of disinformation Mm,
3: interesting
4: just the the fact that there's so much just information in general and ridiculous information and very plausible information on this topic floating around in all these places leads me to believe that there's something going on there and certainly the missing money
3: the missing money is a big is a big one too and
4: and fit, Catherine Austin and Fitz does a great job breaking that down. But the thing is, Jake, I mean, if people don't know who are listeners to your show about Lawrence Rockefeller, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's the three Rockefeller brothers that after John D. Rockefeller Jr. died, you know, his sons, Nelson, who was the politician, ran for office many times. And you had David Rockefeller, obviously, who's, you know, kind of like this uh, behind-the-scenes puppeteer. Guy. He's working Henry Kissinger and Zbigniew Brzezinski as these assets and found, co-founding the Trilateral Commission. Uh, and then they just say, well, Lawrence, he was, he was the humanitarian of the family. But Lawrence Rockefeller, since 1937, was, uh, he, took his, he took his grandfather's seat. He took John D. Rockefeller's seat at the New York Stock Exchange. He was the founding member of the Rockefeller Brothers Fund. And ran it for 42 years. <laughs> and uh, he was also a founding trustee in the Family Fund. So he was literally managing the Rockefeller family's purse strings directly. He wasn't uh, a philanthropist, you know. He was as much a money guy as David Rockefeller was. It's interesting. Um, yeah. But, well, the other interesting thing is that he does have one high-profile um, connection to one of his, dear, his brother's dear friends, Henry Kissinger um and that that connection is that he was a co-chair on the Rockefeller Brothers Funds that it, he ran the Rockefeller Bro- Brothers Fund uh the Special Studies Project oh, because interesting. the the Rockefeller Brothers Fund for many years operated as essentially a think tank not not just the, the purse strings of the family yeah i remember that yeah but the Special Studies Project i've written about that on Staless homesteading a couple of different times it's it is a uh, a total uh global uh global governance uh whitewash and the key part about it i think is that it calls for the building of multilateral multinational institutions to bind west and east together is oh. a big talking point from this docu- document and that's totally in my opinion what the core of when people say the new world order yeah uh that that's what that means uh you know the 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 merging of west and east into into some kind of supranational uh structure governance structure and eventually monetary structure whether or not that happens i don't know. But I find it fascinating that Lawrence Rockefeller, in all of these uh, exploits, finds time to go uh, pal around with Stephen Greer and give him money to go hang out uh, with the intelligentsia and have the ear of the Clinton administration. It's just, it's fascinating to me, Jake, that he goes on. He he's he's writing with Henry Kissinger about the structure of global governance and how to pull it off, and that he's also working with alien shit. And quite frankly, both of those gambits, even though he was writing about them in what nineteen the nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties, when that special studies project was yep. initially published, mm-hmm. all of this stuff is now coming is only coming to fruition now. I don't know is Lawrence Rockefeller still alive? I don't know. I'm pretty, sure, pretty, I'm pretty
3: sure he's dead, but well, it wouldn't uh, surprise me if he's kicking around still. I think he died fairly recently. Well, we can always uh, we can always consult the NSA and see what they have in their database. Let's find out.
4: Uh, yeah, he died in two thousand four. There you go, you win.
3: Well, it's um, I don't know. It's fascinating, man. Because from that angle, I can see, uh, because all lo- all roads lead to Rome at that point, right? We need some I'm, kind that's of all I'm could, saying, yeah. Man. That's a very that's a very astute observation. So that's it for the um. That's it for my take, Josh. You said you would recommend the movie. Um, once again, uh, we'll do one every episode or try to, and. Hey, maybe we should do, um, maybe we should do the BBC documentary next time. Hypernormalization. Maybe we should do that one. Ooh, mm, that that'd be a great one because okay. that's another one that I would
4: also recommend. is a fascinating watch, but is laden with some serious propaganda. Oh yes, as most of Adam Curtis's work is. He's so stylish and so good, but he always he always has to throw his little establishment digs in there.
3: Oh, nine eleven was totally by the Muslims, Josh. You know that. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. The DDT's DDT safe for humans. Of course. But um, hey, that's all I got for the show. Anything uh, anything else you want to part with the guests before we uh, before we sign off here? Oh no, man,
4: just uh thanks for listening in as always and uh if you are interested in cryptocurrencies at all, do check us out uh, at cryptohero.info because we we've been putting out a lot of stuff lately. Uh, our Steemit account is really active. I'm really trying Jake this time to invest myself in uh seeing how Steemit really works and if it's if it's actually a viable platform for not just for as a decentralized social media application, but for um uh you know a, an alternative fundraising mechanism in the face of the adpocalypse. <laughs> you know, but at at the same time I have some serious misgivings about the way Steemit works and how easy how relatively easy it is to flag people's content and get it pulled down
3: or reported or buried. Um. so yeah we'll see how it goes well that's all I got for the show thanks, uh, thanks to Josh Wiley for coming on board and thanks for you guys to listening remember uh get a friend get informed and get involved and peace, love and liberty to all of you liberty lovers out there we love you guys very much share the show with people you know people you love and people you like and hopefully we'll get some people to start leaning in the uh, right direction as far as what to be focused on. Take care, everybody.